Hey folks, this is Jim, and I have a cluster of people here, and we are going to talk about the Kickstarter that is currently ongoing for the role-playing game 7th C, the second edition of that game. And this is going to be kind of a hybrid of uh, interview and discussion, as uh, you'll discover in a moment. I have with me for the first time my friend Mike Carlucci. Hello, sir. Hello, sir. You are doing a podcast right I, now still, yes? I am doing the Chaotic Neutral podcast, which is... Um, um, horrible debauchery if you want to listen to drunken people say horrible things about each other. If that's your taste, that's what to listen to. Otherwise, I actually am concentrating mainly on Twitch now. So uh, twitch.tv uh, slash luchidono. Excellent. And I have with me folks involved with 7C that we are going to be interviewing now. I have Rob Justice, who is doing stuff. What manner of stuff do you do with the C of 7th, sir? <laughs> Whatever John and Mike tell me to do. Like, I'm low man on the total. Like, no, I, I, I describe my position as the idea man and system assassin. Like, I go in, I'm like, oh, hey, I have an idea for that. I'll write that real quick. And it's completely separate from any actual goals that John and Mike are working on. <laughs> Variety, variety. You are the uh, the, the bringer of chaos, then, yeah. which is uh, My, uh, helpful to any. Officially, I'm an assistant developer. Okay, coolness, coolness. And also on the line, we have, coincidentally, the creator of 7C, Mr. John Wick. Hello, sir. Yeah, it is a coincidence, because I would never be seen in the same place as Rob Justice. Well, thankfully, they can only hear you. Uh, so <laughs> so that we're already ahead. That we've been in the same place. Curse you, Rob Justice. Curse you, uh, the truth. Ah, uh, excellent. Uh, it was actually uh, my friend Mike here who introduced me to 7th C in the first place some, uh, something like what it was like eight or nine years ago I think stop telling our age <laughs> ah okay it was only a handful of moons ago yeah. that uh, he introduced me to 7th C and it was very very short period of time uh, I was playing some sort of strange Leonardo da Vinci inspired character as I recall and uh, then it ended and I was sad because we couldn't get that off the ground for various reasons involving that rotating group that we were visiting at the time but I was fascinated by the concept I really liked it and so I thought we'd just sort of chat about it for a little bit. So uh, first thing I actually just want to ask is, so John, where did 7th C come from, if I may ask? Uh, originally, 7th C came from me and my uh, and Jennifer, my then wife, were at dinner talking about the original idea came about saying, how would you do the William Blake role-playing game? Jennifer is, has an art degree, and she's really, really into William Blake, and, and we were talking about that. And, and it kind of evolved into a book I was reading at the time called Isaac Newton, The Last Sorcerer, which is a wonderful little book about uh, Newton's obsession with alchemy. And I came into the AEG office and pitched the idea, or it didn't so much pitch it because we kind of like built it. We built this huge thing for it, and it was Isaac Newton, Man of Action. Nice. And uh, that was what the very first pitch for Seven was, and it just kind of built from there. Very cool, very cool. I liked the idea of this sort of fantasy post-Renaissance Europe thing. It's very cool. Uh, Mike, you were the first one that brought me to 7C. How long had you been playing it prior to our uh, uh, incursion there? One of my friends uh, was huge into it, um, and I, I probably was playing it about four years. She introduced me to some friends that I role-played live-action with that were really into it. And, uh, wait, wait, wait. Had Are to... you a LARPer? I was a LARPer. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> it's already tore off his car. Yeah, it's, it's, no, no, no. it's, no, no, it's, no. it's long, it's long gone. But, uh, so fun story. I became John's friend because of a LARP. <laughs> all, oh, yes. All of this started because of a, a Legend of the Five Rings LARP. Oh, oh, please tell us. I met John at a LARP. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, that was a much shorter story than I expected. There was a convention <laughs> down in Arkansas called DrakeCon. It only ran for one year, and then it kind of folded in on itself. And uh, I lived about three hours away at the time, and John has a friend who lives down there, and John flew in as kind of like guest of honor for this L5R group. And so I was like, you know, I'd met John at Gen Con a few months before. I'm like, you know, it's close. I'll drive down and see what this convention's about. I have nothing better to do with my time. And I was like, I'm sure John won't remember me because I'd, I'd only met him like a couple months ago for maybe like an hour or two. Like we did an interview. But sure enough, I went down there. And he's like, oh, hey, I remember you. You tattooed one of your games on my leg. Uh, on my, it, yeah. Your leg. Yes. So I sat there and I watched John play this L5R LARP. Uh, it was a two-night event, and I watched him play the first night, and I didn't play at all, and I'd never LARPed before that, and I was disgusted with what I saw. Like <laughs> Everybody was super passive. Everybody was hugging walls. Nobody was doing anything. Everything John said just became law. Wait, wait, wait. wait. You should say everyone was passive except John. Except for John and John's uh-uh. friend. Everybody else just didn't do anything, and John just ran over everyone. Uh, and me and and Mike, who who is my my podcast associate on Bear Swarm and BS Radio, and is working on Seven C with us. Mike was also there, and we're like, we can destroy these people. Like they won't stand a chance. So the second night, John convinced us to play the game, and we came in as a Scorpion delegation and murdered all but one of the Phoenix. Party. It's true. It's true. And, and thus began the friendship of me and Mike and John and Chris. John's friend who was living down there. Nice. Oh, that's awesome. So I see you guys role play uh, like I do then. Excellent. That's great. <laughs> I killed John even. <laughs> yep. The lesson to take away from this, if you want to start working with your favorite game designer, kill them in a game sometime. They'll respect you. <laughs> Note to self, kill Shane. Okay, no. Um, anyway. <laughs> yep. No. Actually, no, I, I've been killed by Shane before, strangely enough, but that's a different story. Are you talking about Shane um, I am. <laughs> Shane is awesome. He's he is. He's here in Arizona, and uh, and uh, Shane and I hang out every once in a while. And we and Shane is a wonderful human being, just just a great guy. Uh, yeah, no, Shane's awesome. Shane is awesome. Uh, he came down to one of our cons we have down here a couple of times. But uh, I will also, I, I must also cop to the fact that uh, I, I have seen LARPs of the kind you were describing. Uh, as uh, I was for over a decade part of the uh, club I affectionately refer to as the uh, running around pretending to be vampires club. This is an interesting thing. This is an interesting thing. Mike, actually, did you have things you wished to ask as well? I don't want to uh, hog the entirety okay. of the all, all, speakery. All of my my things are, are, you know, the questions on the new Kickstarter. Like, I, I was super thrilled. It went through my Facebook feed like nobody's business. It apparently <laughs> went through Kickstarter like nobody's business. Congratulations on that. That's awesome. It's, um, it's weird. <laughs> right? It's really weird. It is awesome, though. It's been going nuts. As we're recording this, I'm looking at it right now, and uh, you're up over 814000 of your 30000 goal. So that is incredible. It's super yeah. humbling. Like, that there are so many people out there that love this and believe in the project and support what we're doing. Like, I mean, let's be honest, I'm still a nobody. Like, I was a podcaster, but that doesn't get me anywhere. And now people have donated or, or will or have promised to donate almost a million dollars to something that I'm working on. That's that sure puts you in perspective. Yep. yep. It is an awesome property, it's an awesome setting that just has not been explored to this degree. 
like anywhere else. It's such a great, well thought out world. Yeah, and actually, let us also step back just a moment because I have realized there may be people listening to this. If you've gotten this far, I thank you for it. Who may not know the entirety of what it is we're talking about. So, for those who may not be familiar, tell us a little bit about Seventh Sea itself. It's a restoration age role playing game, which I learned when we first released it. Most people don't know the difference between the restoration and the renaissance. Yeah. Uh, if you look at half the reviews written on RPG net, it, it, they describe it as a Renaissance era role-playing game. And I'm like, there's this big thing at the beginning that says, what's the difference between the Renaissance and the Restoration era? And it's like, uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, it's a Restoration Age, which means it takes place in the mid to late 1600s. Mm-hmm. And it takes place in a place that is like our Europe, but not. And the nations are all inspired by real European nations. but So they're familiar enough that if you took a look at the map, you could say, oh, I, I have a foothold here. I, I kind of know what's going on here. And at the same time, it liberated us to do a lot of really creative things with the world without being beholden to history. It, for example, allowed us to have a character who resembles the Sun King at the same time as Queen Elizabeth and at the same time as Catherine the Great. So it had that kind of element to it that we weren't beholden to history, yet we could play with it. And that was really fun. And we're carrying that forward with the new edition. Too. Cool. And actually, uh, about the new edition, what kinds of changes are you making? Oh, <laughs> there are so many. Every change that we made, and I should say this before we even talk about changes, was painstakingly considered. Before we started writing anything, we started playing the game with zero changes. Uh, yeah. We ran a couple months worth of, of games just by the book and then just made notes on what we didn't care for. We had what we wanted the game to do, and then we started writing out all the things that didn't accomplish that goal. It was so weird looking at the game after... 10 years of not looking at it, reading through a lot of the text and and at some points wincing and at other points going, wow, that's really good writing. Everything that we went through, we were like, did this accomplish its goal? And if the answer was yes, then we did our best to maintain at least the spirit of what that was. We tried to maintain the things that we liked and we wanted to update the things that we felt either didn't work in the original edition and there's some stuff that just didn't work and stuff that we felt didn't work as well as it could given you know because role-playing game mechanics are a lot like technology they evolve and a lot of stuff between when 7c was first written and when we're publishing the second edition a lot of advancement and a lot of neat things have happened in game mechanics and we wanted to take advantage of those there were some really weird moments where we went this idea was in first edition but it was just kind of this advice or side note. And then we went, hey, you know, in the last 15 years, people have come up with mechanics to do that. Let's take a look at some of that stuff. So we got to take a lot of the concepts that the old game had and turn it into the game itself. Yes, there are. Uh, I've just been looking over the quick start. There are some cool things in there. The voluntary failure mechanic. Was that uh, now you have to remind me, was that part of the original or is that a new thing? It's kind of part of the original. That was one of those things that Rob pointed out was kind of like part of the original game, but was like advice, but wasn't a mechanic. Okay. I really like games that do that. I've only come across, I think, like one or two others that have a thing where it's like you get the currency and you you voluntarily fail and then you can do more narrative stuff. It's really awesome. I'm really glad that's in there. Very, very cool little uh, things you can use to play with the narrative here. And I see it's very narratively based, and uh, I really like that. 
About the story of the world itself, are there things that are getting updated about the setting that uh, you particularly like you want to talk about? Or is, it, is, is it a second edition? Is it keeping the same time, or are we going a little bit further and getting more of the story? Give the no, it's analogy or the Battlestar Galactic analogy, John. Yeah, it's, it's, is it is it really your favorite? It really is. It's my okay. favorite way of describing second edition. Rob's sarcasm button is stuck to on. Ah. It's always tough to tell, but uh, <laughs> I really like using that analogy. That we're taking the Battlestar Galactica approach. It's I was a big fan of the original show, and yeah. I liked the. I only saw the first season of the new show, but I really liked the fact that I recognized who Adama was. I recognized who Starbuck was. I recognized who Colonel Ty was. I had all of this stuff that was from the original show, all of this uh, narrative baggage from the original show, but it had new stuff on it. So that was the compass that we used for 7C. It's it's like Avalon is still there. Castile is still there. Usura is still there. Vadache is still there. But they may be a little different. They, the casting may be different. Little things like that. One of the countries that is just a little bit different is Aizen. We changed the nature of Aizen just a little bit. And just by changing it that much, I think it makes it, I don't want to say more interesting, but I mean, it is, to me, it is more interesting. And the idea that the 30 Years War you know, the War of the Cross took place in Eisen. So 30 years of mass murder happened in this place. Well, in a world where magic exists, what is the metaphysical consequence of that? And the metaphysical consequence of Eisen is that there are real scary things going on in Eisen. If you go into the little village with the castle on top of the hill and the villagers don't want to talk to you because the countess is watching, that's how Eisen feels now. And meanwhile, countries like Avalon are pretty much the way they were. I mean, Rob wrote us a brilliant new glamour mechanic that I'm really, really happy with, but Queen Elaine is still there. She still has her sea dogs. She still has her knights. The she are still there, and Inishmore and the Highland Marches are still there, and and the the O'Bannon is still there. So. I mean, some nations have had little facelifts, but a lot of them are still what you remember. And some of it even comes down to, like, so Avalon is is very similar to what it was, but we're really playing up the differences between Avalon, whatever the Inish Island is, and the Highland Marches. That was something that was in the original game, but instead of it kind of being this background fact about the nation, it's become one of the defining traits of the nation. So you'll yeah. also see some stuff like that. And then you'll you'll hop over to Vodace, and that's pretty much first edition Vodace. Like, not a lot's changed there. We and didn't need to change much there. And then you'll hop over to the Sarmatian Commonwealth, and that is completely different than it was in first edition. Very cool. Very cool. I really look forward to seeing this. We are getting close to time, so I just will check briefly. First of all, Mike, was there anything else you wanted to ask? Uh, uh, speaking of the magic, you guys have a very unique magic system, as in it works very differently depending on what you're doing or what type of magic you are. Are you keeping that? Are you trying to streamline? I know there's a lot of thought that went into it and made it a very interesting mechanic in 7C. The intention for the different sorceries was to have a different system for each sorcery for, in the original game so that they felt different. And I was very inspired by Call of Cthulhu in that regard. I like the fact that in Call of Cthulhu, there is no magic system. Every spell is its own thing because the universe is chaotic and doesn't make sense and magic shouldn't make sense, right? So for the first edition, all of the game, each sorcery had its own unique system. For second edition, we want each of the sorceries to have their own flavor and they feel very differently when you use them, but they're also a lot easier to use. 
Is that is that some right, Rob? I think the big difference is that we've created a baseline for all the sorceries, so you can kind of compare apples to oranges in that, that they're in the same aisle in the grocery store. But what they do and how they accomplish it is different, uh, as opposed to in first edition where it's like, if you want to play a Glamour Mage, you have to learn an entirely new system than you've been learning when you played your Fate Witch which created a barrier to entry. People would learn one kind of magic, they would like it, and they would stick with it. Now you can learn one kind of magic, switch to another one, and it's there's something similar there, but something wholly different. Yeah, okay. it's enough to hold on to. Cool, cool. No, that's great, that's great. I am really looking forward to this. Uh, if, not, the, if we're not close to time, mm-hmm. I'm curious, since uh, Mike here is a fan, do you have like the nerdiest 7C question that you just want to ask, that you've <laughs> always wanted to know? We've done a couple... <laughs> Now's your chance! surface level i want the nerdiest thing you can think of your life has been leading up to this mike what have you got for us before you guys jumped on the line i just want to know if all my work paid off with uh pronunciation because my vocabulary my pronunciation of words is absolutely horrific which got me in a lot of trouble with my gm when i was first playing 7c and i can't say half the things but i worked very hard on vestimenavinyar that's yeah congratulations (laughs) i like (laughs) I'm right. I still don't know what the what what is it the the artifacts the the people or aliens or whatever the 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 artifacts come from. There are no aliens. <laughs> Good. Ever were any aliens? Awesome. <laughs> they're, they're the Cernith. The Cernith. So I, I have a very strong philosophy about pronunciation. If the game doesn't contain a guide, everything is correct. Yeah. I love that philosophy. I go by that in my own personal life when I read any book. Yeah. But <laughs> if, if you don't tell me how to say it, however I say it is the right way to say it, damn it. I have, and this is probably terribly controversial to say, but I have convinced myself at this point in my life that there is no such thing as a correct pronunciation. <laughs> it's... People talk. I had enough of that trouble going through vampire fandom that uh, and the various names that proper names in there that the people in the world pronounce things differently. It's going to happen. It's the dictionary is not a rule book. It's a report. That's (laughs) all I got. That was your big nerdy question. You didn't get a big nerdy question. It really is. Like I, uh, I'm I'm such a big fan that I'm just I'm looking forward to it. Like I just I I want the changes. I want to be in the world. I want to like enjoy it and experience it. My first introduction was you know. I, I, what a lot of great DM to do was a modified version of Freiburg. And it was coming off of a few years before I, I visited Germany's Freiburg. It was actually in the city. And so I had a lot of not real comparisons, like the, the vast differences between the two cities and everything else. But the similar culture and having some familiarity with the area was super impressive to me. And I, I really enjoy being immersed in that. And I'm just, I'm looking for spoilers without spoilers, I guess. Excellent. Well, don't don't worry too much about the pronunciation. John yells at me for how I pronounce countries all the time. Write the game. <laughs> All right, John. Excellent. Since, since that was our super nerdy question, you want to go through and give your pronunciation of all the countries real quick? Just go the extra mile for this guy. <laughs> okay, well, there's Avalon and Inishmore and the Highland Marches and Castile and Montaigne, and, which I'm pronouncing wrong. My friend Fabian, who's from France, can pronounce it properly. But uh, And Eisen and Vestimenavignar and Usura and the Sarmatian Commonwealth and Vodace, and I think that's everything, isn't it? What about, what about some of the, the countries that we... Uh, there's the the Crescent, the Crescent Empire. Yeah, there's the Crescent Empire. There's Ifri. Ifri is one of the new was one of the new source books that we're going to be doing, which I was really excited about. The one that Rob was really excited about is the New World. What's the name of the New World, Rob? Azatlan. Azatlan. Yeah. And this has really been one of the most exciting parts of the Kickstarter. 
is going, yeah, it's not just Thea anymore. That is very cool that you guys are providing support for just outside that, because that's always, I'm a continuity freak, so anytime that I see a world like that, I keep, and I know this is probably not a healthy thing to do, but anytime I see a map, I always think, okay, so what's on this edge over here, you're, just outside where I can see? You're that guy. I'm not, afraid so. You're not content with the content I give you. <laughs> <laughs> nope, afraid not. You're you're also the guy like like if we're playing a samurai guy, you're the guy who says, "Can I play a gaijin?" I try not to. I've I'm, I'm much be better about it as that I, guy, right? I I have been known to be that guy from time to time. I know you. I I think if, even in that brief Seven C campaign that we played, I, I think the understanding was there would be pirates, and I asked, "Can I be a Leonardo da Vinci clone?" So there was something along those lines. Don't don't feel too bad. Mike Curry's that guy. My current uh, samurai <laughs> to the western. I, I I do for for your Kickstarter for update twenty that we're recording shortly after you guys put the put that last update up. Um, it's the last line of it that I was like I was like oh well I'm gonna add, like where are all our secret societies? You have all of these books out there with all these amazing places, and where are our secret societies? And the very last line is like oh well the next stretch goal might involve words like rose, invisible, and order, and I'm like oh okay. I'm happy. I'm not. I'm not saying that the million dollar goal of secret societies. But he's not saying. saying there's a new country called the Invisible Rose Order. Excellent. Ah. <laughs> How do you find it? It's invisible. It, it, oh. it, it exists in the seventh sea. Ah, excellent. And I'm not saying that I saw the sketch of the cover today. Let the record show he did not say that. Not right. saying that. Very awesome. Okay, well, I gotta say, uh, I'll go ahead and go on record now. Uh, Mike, even though the internet may be required to do it, once this is out, we shall attempt to play 7C again. Excellent. I am looking very much forward to this. The Kickstarter runs through Sunday, March 13th, 2016. Yep. So, folks listening to this, go check it out on Kickstarter. And if they wanted to find you online, where should they go? They can go to johnwickpresents.com. But more importantly, the thing about the Kickstarter is that I have my indie cred pledge level. And this is my only kind of like plug, which is if you pledge $40, you get the PDFs of all the entire first set of the entire first edition, which is something like 50 PDFs. And you get PDFs of everything that we release through the Kickstarter, which means you get all the books, you get PDFs of all the maps, you get PDFs of all the decks of cards, you get the PDFs of everything, which is close to, at this point, something like $800 worth of PDFs for 40 bucks. So if no other reason, you're like, you know what? I just want to get my tablet full of PDFs for 40 bucks. That's it. And that's kind of like my indie cred level. Yes, that is awesome. That I have pledged indeed for that. That is, I'm that guy as well. Um. <laughs> Website John should have given out is sailthe7c.com. And, and that, that one too. <laughs> ah, Coolness. I want to thank you guys very much for joining me for this. And uh, was there anything else anyone wanted to uh, say or plug or mention or whatnot before we uh, uh, tie a bow on this one? Rumpelstiltskin. Ah. Now you see that in the Hint magazine, they said his name was Ivankov Krogperm, but I, I don't know anything. I got oh, the, the months and stuff. Yes! Yes! <laughs> Finally, after all these years, someone recognizes it. Ah. I was a Sierra dork. Well, folks, thanks very, thanks very much for joining us. This has been awesome. Thank you for inviting us.
Yeah, thanks for setting this up. Yeah, and also, Mike, thank you very much for the first time. I have a co-host on my uh, podcast about introspection, so that is appreciated. <laughs> I think you have no one better suited for your introspection. That is true. You do spend a, a rather disturbing amount of time somehow in my head. I don't know how you do that. But thanks, folks, very much for listening. Uh, go check out the Kickstarter uh, if you're into anything even remotely close to any of the stuff that we've been talking about, because I guarantee you will not be disappointed. Take care. And uh, I'll see you all of a sudden. Okay, we got it. <laughs> awesome. I managed to uh, finagle every one of the questions I wanted in there somehow. Awesome. Good. Good. Excellent. <laughs> or in some variety. That's why we pay you the big imaginary bucks. <laughs>